Chico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Chico's gonna give you, what Rev is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Chico, Rev, and Ben, yep, they're at it again. Breaking down the team, putting stats up in your head, nothing left unsaid. They're leaving it all on the field. Like the favorite team, raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge is real for a trio so true. To representing the great red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you came to not so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you the big D. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you. The Big D. Um, soccer? Podcast? to Big D After Dark. We're so glad you are spending part of your Monday evening with us as we break down the latest FC Dallas news in action. I am your host, uh, Nathan Hill. You can, uh, of course, follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. There in the middle is a good buddy, Ben, at Bird Turgler. And at the end is Jose at El Chico Carmona on Twitter. Please follow us. Yeah, let us know what you like about the show, what we should talk about, what we should spend our time on. We're just glad that you're here with us. Now, if you post a comment tonight, we will likely uh, bring it up for discussion. We've got a few video clips from Media Call, uh, Media Days, on for uh, that FC Dallas provides for coaches and players each uh, week. So we'll get to some clips. Think about... Lucci and and Paxton a little bit today, but we're going to start with the road trip out west as FC Dallas went to San Jose, and we, the team was hoping to sort of build off of the uh, uh, the zero zero draw in the home opener, and things did not go as planned. A three one loss there in San Jose could have been four one. Jimmy Moore saved one penalty. Could have been four two maybe because. Ryan Hollingshead had a ball cleared off the line. A tough, a tough game for FC Dallas fans. We were chatting before the show, and in some ways, it felt a little bit like the the restart for FC Dallas. 
last season after the coronavirus break and the restart against Nashville. So let's just pick up where, what, what, is there something positive we can take from this away match? And, and, and what's a negative that you are really uh, just sitting with? Uh, let's start with you, Ben. Uh, positive is Ricardo Pepe scored. Um, further signaling the demise of one Franco Hara. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. And then, um, you know, I mean, the negatives are just... <laughs> oh, gosh, there's so many. Like, they constantly got beat on second balls. Um, didn't look prepared to play um, the styles that Han- San Jose rolls out. Um, credit to San Jose, though. I mean, they looked a lot better than they did uh, against Houston. So, um, That's you know. Right. That's right. Uh but yeah, uh, not 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 much to take away take away good from that game, unfortunately. Well, for me, in my case, of course, the negatives, or positive, of course, was I agree with Ben, Pepe. That was that was uh, I mean, that's the, about the only highlight there uh, that I can think of. Negatives. I mean, how long is Mar out for? Because that was uh, yeah. I haven't heard. I don't think we've heard anything, and I think that's worrisome that, you know, uh, it looked like he was holding his collarbone and whatnot, you know. So uh, we that remains to see if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know. But early on, you would have to think it's, think it's a bad thing. Uh, yeah, a lot of negatives. I mean, uh, several players just looked like they were uncomfortable playing in, in, in the formation. And... Uh, so, I don't know. Other positive I can think of is uh, I like the fact that that, that it, they did a late formation switch back to the four three three and and looked better, even though the game was pretty much over. But maybe they'll stick to it this time because because they certainly seemed more comfortable. Yeah, another uh, formation. And kind of a surprise in some of those late substitutions that Matt Hedges came off. Uh, you know, they. I mean. There's just going to be a lot of questions going into next week. If if Mara is out, I guess it's Felipe who's really kind of thrust into that starting role, and it's not unheard of in FC Dallas history for a younger uh, goalkeeper get thrust in that spotlight and to take the job, kind of not let go of it. But yeah, I I think yeah, that's like know. a common theme in Dallas, believe it or not. Mm. Yeah, well, there's a lot of questions. We'll we'll just be seeing how the team. Uh, kind of deals with but really disappointing and they started the game positively uh, fc dallas started the game positively on the attack were unlucky maybe to not get a goal but credit san jose's goalkeeper who was up uh was ready to go uh and they were able to do enough to thwart obreon and and hara and and uh, you know so you maybe you wish for a little bit more clinical a little better uh, energy there, just a little better decision making, but it's tough. It's tough. This was a tough match. Away matches are always tough in this league. And FC Dallas under Coach Lucci have not had a very good record at all in away matches. So it's it is tough to take away some positives. Yeah, Pepe got on the goal sheet. I I, I think if you're Coach Lucci, you have to think about starting him this coming weekend because he scored. And Hara hasn't. You use Hara as a sub if he needs to be. But 
I don't know if, if Lucci's ready to make that kind of decision just quite yet. And and then the other question is formation. So, so but uh, Jose had a good question. We're, we're going to get to, well, let, let's just go to that right now. And then we're, let's talk more about the formation. So Jose, before the show, asked, um, what, you know, what were the three players who performed poorly that we would name? And Jose, give us your three. Well, I said uh, the obvious one was, was Hara. And then my next two, I felt played poorly, but I, I blame Lucci for that because of the formation that they, that they were asked to play in. And you could tell that they just were not well suited for that formation. That well, would be Tessman. Well, let, let's pause on Hara. I mean, he started well, off the Hara game with obvious. energy, right? He started off the game with energy. Like the, like the first 15 minutes, and then and then that was that. But let's face it. I'm just saying, uh, Hara has always looked like he doesn't belong in, in either formation, in all honesty. So that's not a surprise there. But Tessman... Uh, it just he looked slow uh, to react on defense, and it was I mean it was obvious. I think he should have been pulled earlier, simply because I mean it was through traffic, you know, down the middle, mind you, uh, not just him but also Acosta, and I just think that formation didn't do him any favors. I wish he would have been put uh, in a four-three-three. He could have been more forward, and there would have been a DM behind him you know, to protect him a little. But that wasn't there. So once they got past Tessman, they were right into the back line. Um, also, the other, the third person is Nelson. And, and again, I blame Lucci for this because Nelson's not a left wing back. He's being asked to he's He's a defensive first left back with, he has the potential to be a good attacking uh, fullback, but he's not there yet. And now you're asking him to play left wing back and you're not doing him any favors either. So I just think the formation hurts hurt those two players uh, significantly, but it also hurts you know other players indirectly like Hollingshead, who's you know being asked to play on the on 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 the right wing as opposed to you know his preferred left. Mind you, he can play there, but I'm saying at this early stage, sure, it's too much. You know, Acosta also uh, didn't look comfortable out there either. So. It's just a lot. You know, I, I was very happy when they got away from – they went reverted back to the 4-3-3 late in the game. You know, they looked more comfortable. Maybe because uh, San Jose took their foot off the gas, but it was clear that the whole team just looked more comfortable in the 4-3-3. Ben, do you agree with those three players, or would you switch it up a little bit? You know what? I'm, I'm not taking too much away from the formation or – or the, or the substitutions, to be quite honest. I mean, setting up like that with uh, San Jose's man-marking style actually makes a lot of sense because uh, like the one player who doesn't get marked in that system ends up being, you know, uh, like one of the center backs. Um, so usually in this case it would be Hedges. <clears throat> and, you know, whenever uh, he comes out on mark, it's going to be conducive or it's going to be up to him to carry the ball um, up into that space where a defensive midfielder would be to kind of start the offense going, um, you know. So I didn't really see the best of that this weekend, 
Um, I know Hedges can do that. I mean, he's pr- pretty good with the ball at his feet, and he can definitely, you know, split lines with a pass. Uh, not that San Jose's lines are really lines, but um, yeah, um, I, I don't really necessarily have a problem with the formation so much as you know the execution of it didn't didn't come off, um, and that might be that might just be something that you know they will have to work for, forward or work towards uh, as the season goes along as an alternate look um not something that they roll out regularly like they have the first two games i think that's my point on this formation is you're you're you've got a formation that you're not very familiar with and you're rolling it out on the road where it's really hard to to play so you're playing an unfamiliar formation let's face it it's not it's 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 okay as a surprise formation that you can spring on people but once they see it more than once and see where you're struggling, then they can game plan against that. That that's my problem with it is is okay, play it in Frisco, but once you go, you know, on the road where it's brutal, mind you, uh, you had success at the end of last season playing a very, very, you know, defensive formation uh four three three with, with, with you basically just daring teams to, to, to try to break down the defense and it worked. So why go away from that on the road. It worked last season. They should... Mind you, in theory, this would have been a five-man back line, which should have worked. But keep in mind that the the uh, both Nelson and Hollingshead were asked to stay up high. So they were not actually helping on defense as much as they could have. So that kind of killed... For me, I thought, hey, it'll be a five, you know, five, two, three or something like that on defense. But it wasn't. And so... I think it kills the point of rolling it on the road. That's just my two cents on that. It it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's it's a tough. Now we're gonna. I'm gonna let let's keep this conversation about the formation going. I mean, we will note that last week, you know, I asked Lucci about uh, not starting homegrowns, and um, he he laughed a bit. He chuckled, and it was a good it was a good conversation. I hope you saw the clip on BigDSoccer.com. Uh, you know, he did start a homegrown in Tanner Tesman, and I imagine I think this weekend, and we'll see probably another homegrown in, in the match. I, I I think the team has missed Jesus Ferreira. I think Jesus has been in form uh, with the United States men's national team. I gosh, I, I, we can only imagine what he would have meant to this team or how he would push Hara. But um. You know, it, it is what it is right now. But let's let's hear Coach Lucci talk about this formation and kind of what he wants to do. Now, this came from the media call last week. Uh, this was asked by another reporter. And uh, we'll hear him kind of reflect for a minute. And then we'll talk. Experiences I've had in, in the other formations, um, you know, and last year and, and the, even the year before 2019, playing three in, this, in the back, there's this perception or, can happen tactically if, if you set it up a certain way, you end up absorbing a lot, right? You're, you have an extra man in the back line. You have an, one less player maybe in the midfield or in the high line to get pressure on the ball. So you could end up being in, in some lower blocks. So I've really uh, been intentional in the offseason with the staff to to make sure that uh, that perception is uh, is not something that I, that I agree with. I think I think uh, in 4-3-3 or 4-1-4-1 or in 3-5-2 or 
4-3 with the right occupation of space and getting pressure on the ball and on the opponent. Of course, yeah, every game we want to adapt to the opponent, but we also want to maintain our, our idea in our, with, a, with a system. It's just a vehicle, but occupy spaces with an idea. And I think uh, that's something that I've learned a lot this offseason, that you can still have the system and get good pressure on the ball wing brackets breaking up high up the field, uh, your midfield, your front three or two breaking lines, center backs breaking into the midfield when they need to, reading long balls. So I, I would say I think it's a very interesting system. I think we have the players to do it uh, well. Is it what we're going to do Saturday? I don't know. Uh, I, can't, I can't say that. You'll, you guys will see. Uh, but I certainly believe now with this other system, we can do it more aggressively to get pressure on the ball and get a good ball possession, get, try to have more control of the game and create and generate in the attack. So, you know, I like the control we showed the last game of, of the actual game um, and of control of the game defensively, control of the game with the ball. Did we generate enough clear open chances? We did better in the first half than the second half. So we want to keep improving that. So we've got to occupy certain spaces. We need certain actions and patterns to happen. To be, to be, we need a wingbacks uh, continue to, to be more and more aggressive. So we're going to keep uh, our foundation and keep growing in what we think is going to be next, no matter the system. But I, I think um, any of those systems that I had mentioned are, are possible vehicles to get pressure in the ball, have a, a good sequence of passing and, and try to dominate through possession and generate, create danger and, and, and attack. So, um, so I think I've, my perception of the systems has evolved over time. And, and I, I would, you know, with hard work and focus on the details, uh, I'm hopeful that we can show that and, and win games. Thanks coach. All right. I love listening to Lucci. I mean, this is, this is the thing. Uh, and, and Dave, I saw your comment here. We're going to get to you in a minute. I, I love listening to him. It's thoughtful and, and I appreciate someone who wants to kind of push conceptions and say, no, you know, we can, we can achieve this with, this is the formation that fits our personnel and we can have success. But, uh, you know, I, we saw some good preseason looks of this formation, but it's the actual season now. And FC Dallas has one point, um, from two matches, right. Using this system and, and the, the first goal of the season came when they switched formations. So uh, what did you all hear? It, it, it been what you hear with Lucci and, uh, you know, um, is he, I mean, I, I hate to say, is he right? I mean, that sounds too binary in this situation, but just, uh, you know, I mean, is Lucci going to stick to his guns here for a while? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't get to watch practice. And I mean, honestly, like, uh, I mean, like, I don't know whether uh, a reaction and uh, a revamp of, of what they've started out with is is totally justified, um, you know, two games in. But, um, you know, I honestly like I don't I don't think uh, it's going to matter whether we play a three, four, three or four, three, three. If our weakest link keeps starting out there and not scoring goals. So, OK. As you can tell, I'm pretty subdued about this week, and um, so I don't know. 
Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what I think about as we go on. <laughs> Who's uh, I, my opinion is that Lucci's a motivator, and and he's saying all the right things to make sure that his troops, you know, not understand it. He's one hundred percent certain that this will work. So I think he's saying everything right, and he's keeping in mind that it's not just us fans listening. His players are also listening. So of course. Uh, you you see that he's projecting the fact that he's confident and and I don't doubt it. I mean I don't doubt that this formation will eventually work. I I don't doubt that. But early on, it's going to be several games before that. You know, um, uh, I could uh, I was going to point out kind of segueing out of this riddle, but like Testament, for example, we, we all say play the kids and we got that. Hey, he played one of the kids, but the problem with playing the kids is kids are going to have bad games some from time to time because of inconsistency, you know? And so T- Tanner Testament had one of those games. And of course the formation, because it's a new formation, it's going to have those kind of games where you're going to have inconsistent results because they're not there yet. So, I mean, if he sticks with it, he sticks with it. I mean, he certainly has the personnel. He has to make adjustments for sure. Um, but uh, another thing I want to bring up about this formation is uh, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that, that uh, you know, uh, that people I've talked to that said that, hey, they're employing this formation because uh, Lucci doesn't have confidence in Surreal yet, you know, to be in that 4-3-3. But now that you brought up uh, Ferreira, you got to think that it's the fact that Ferreira is injured is the reason they've gone away from the 4-3-3 because Ferreira would be starting in the middle with, you know, he would have been starting, let's, let's say against San Jose, it would have been Tesman, Acosta, and Ferreira in the middle mm-hmm. in that 4-3-3. And that would have been the same way in the first game. So the fact that Ferreira is injured, I think, has made, you know, uh, yeah. Lucci say, hey, you know, you know, with Ferreira not here, I feel more comfortable running this formation and I could see them sticking to this formation until Jesus comes back. And I think then you'll see at that point, you'll see basically depending on the opponent, you know, uh, if they want to be, it'll be Jesus while we're offensive and we want to get defensive serial would come in and, you know, we would assume a more defensive formation. So, well, we, we've got a cu- couple of comments. Let's get to them really quick here as we've talked about this. Dave, thanks for watching, Dave. Thanks for commenting. He, he says, the work rate and defense is not there. Hara and Acosta walk more than run. Don't like three center backs. You know, to, to pull this off, this pressing thing, uh, and we saw it in the first 15 minutes, or even, especially in the first five minutes. I mean, they almost caught San Jose on the back foot. And kind of were unlucky not to have a really good shot on goal there, but Which but then things. but then if but if yeah but if your guys are still working into fitness, um, if, and if they don't press as a unit, uh, you know it, it falls apart. Pressing doesn't quite work. Uh, it, it we and this question came up last season too. I think that there are times when it's like. Hey, I'm uh, like maybe Hara or someone up top is wanting to press, and the other people, other guys are either catching their breath or just not quite in sync. So yeah, I, I, this this uh, ask of of Lucci does require a lot of work work rate, and so I, I think that is one of the questions that's looming out there. And, and like the, I, I the, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Isaiah. No, I, I agree. I think, I think, like you said, if you're going to be employing a, a pressing system, then you got to have top fitness. And, and it's not there. You don't see that. You don't see that the team has the fitness for to do that. I mean, they, 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 they could only do it in spurts, really. They're not doing it full time. And may, I don't know if that's on purpose, but very likely, like you said, there's, there's just like some players that you can tell are simply not going, you know, 100 miles an hour like, like certain players out there, you know. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it, it just feels... I think we may have said it before we went live. Is 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 it feels like they're still sort of in preseason mode? Maybe we said it last mm. week. Yeah, no, I, it definitely fell. And like the mistakes too. Two penalties given up, and, and the one on Tanner is hard. You know, it's it's a tough one because, um, you know, he he's jumping for the ball. He's trying to block the ball, and it goes off his hand. It's just kind of unlucky, but it happens. He's got to learn. Uh, O'Brien's penalty was just was just stupid. It was just they were bo- they were both easily avoidable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but they were you, you low can at least, yeah, at least with Tanner's you can give it up. This guy's young, you know, he's getting into shape. But yeah, and O'Brien is a little more veteran guy, you know. You expect him. It was just well, O'Brien's uh, was un- unnecessary. Really. Just, just unnecessary. Yeah, so there are some miscues that felt, and that's fine if it happens in preseason. But it's the season now, you know. It's time to, it's time to kind of lock in. So yeah, it, it does feel like that. It, it feels a lot like this team. You know, the three center backs. I don't have a problem with it. As as Ben said, you know, maybe we stress about formations. But if if Lucci thinks I'm going to pick my best eleven for this week. And that best 11 includes three center backs. And I'm going to make the formation work around that. I got no problem with that. I mean, because I, I, if, if, if if those three in the middle are, are showing a lot of good stuff in practice, fine. I mean, if that gives us a chance to win, fine. Um, but it's just then when we see Brisson doing his stuff, and I, and I think he's a fine center back. I think we saw down the stretch he, was a, he really improved the team when Ziegler just uh, couldn't keep going, it seemed. But like he almost had a late challenge there. He was he got, uh, you know, gave up the ball at a bad turnover, turned into a counterattack in the second half, I think, and and tried to do a challenge, but it was obviously too late. It was kind of given up on the play. That's when we see him not at his best, and you know, so a lot of questions coming out of this game. Um, and but the biggest question as Ben comes back to right is Hara. How, what formation will will help him score goals? Because he can score goals. We know he can. Uh, counter attacking four four two, where he's the off striker. Yeah. Basically, 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 Jesus Ferreira's best position. Exactly. I mean, it's it's basically at this point you could say that Hara is stealing minutes from Pepe. And when Jesus is healthy, he's stealing minutes from both of them. I mean, I, I hope I hope he turns it around. I hope he proves us wrong. You know, uh, like Cobra proved us wrong. You know, when he when he started slow and then at some point he found that gear. I hope Hara does that, but he hasn't done it. And you're seeing more from Pepe in less minutes than you're seeing from Hara for for most of a match. Okay. So. 
And that's, I mean, anyone can see that, that, that hey, there's something wrong here. Something's not oh. working. Well, uh, Shay, our friend Shay Galvin also writes in. Thanks, Shay, um, for, for joining us this evening. Not sure what Ricarte's role is in this formation. And that's a good, you know, he came in uh, in the second half of this game and he did provide a spark. I mean, we know he's quality. But it does seem like since he's come to Frisco that the team has has at times, you know, Lucci has struggled to kind of put him in a position where he can really influence games that we in the way we know he can. Um, and so he's not purely the number ten in this the purely kind of advanced playmaker. He's he's not completely a a, a kind of a cam role, right? Central attacking mid. But, well, maybe he is. Maybe that's what it is. He is being asked to do a lot of the midfielder duties with an attacking flair. Um, what, what, what's, what do you think his role is okay. in this formation? I, I want to say that, that I don't like his role in this formation. Uh, you know, he's being asked to be basically more like a box-to-box, you know, play defense. And, and I just don't like the fact that both him and Acosta have to come pretty – pretty far back to get the ball you know there's not that linking that you know that linking uh d-mid's not there and it was obvious that there was this huge gap in the middle you know um but i think we saw a glimpse with with the substitutions in the second half against san jose where you saw you know acosta drop further back and then you had ricardo and and uh paxson as your dual eights and they looked good and I like to see more of that. And how come we haven't seen that before? Well, because Paxton. But I think that would work. I think that's what I would prefer to see is Paxton and Ricarte side by side. You know, I think that's something that would work great because then you'd have two guys that could create, not just one. You know, you focus on right. one, you got to worry about the other. And that's that's just it. Is you got to have options. But if you only got one guy that's gonna that has is able to break down the defense, then you just hack them all day and, and, and you know, <laughs> and that's that. But if you got mm-hmm. two guys, now you got to pick your poison. So I'm hoping right. to see more of that. I'd love, I'd love that's, to see Ricard. To, that would be a pretty I'd aggressive love, formation. Yeah. I would love to see Ricard to, and, and packs, but I think in that formation, you'd have a Casa behind them and who knows? It, who knows, you know, it, I mean, returning to Ben, but even in that formation, you need Pepe up top, right? Or Jesus? Either one. Whichever. Bring back Andrasic. You know, I just did some quick numbers on um, Andrasic versus uh, Frank O'Hara. In 1,048 minutes, Andrasic had nine goals and three assists. In 1,543 minutes, so almost 50% more than Andrasic, Hara's got seven goals, zero assists, hmm. and at least one, at least one of those goals is a PK goal too. So, what kind of shit sandwich was that? Seriously, I mean, he's getting paid three times as much money. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's got to end. Stop the madness. <laughs> but that's just it, though. Is is they're not going to pay him that much to sit? And uh, I want to bring it back to the three center backs you guys talking about. I want to point out that. All, all three of them played well. They all played well. The only time, like you pointed out, 
that they didn't play so well is when they were asked to go forward with the ball. Which, let's face it, you know, that's not necessarily their strength. And uh, like I said, but when they were on defense, I thought all three of them right. they looked really good. Jose Martinez uh, was great. Was was he was a good positive in this game? I think he, he's Martinez shown his quality. Excellent, yeah. yes. Uh, and you know, like I said, I thought all three of them played great. And and as far as Hedges, you know, being subbed out, you're down three zero. I'm sorry, you know, in my video games, if I'm getting my butt kicked, I take my best players out so they don't get injured. And I think that's all it is. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. who's your best player that you don't want to get hurt? Uh, of the three defensive guys, you take Hedges out because you say, okay, we're going to go forward, and I don't want Hedges getting, you know, of the three defensive players, he's the one guy I don't want to get hurt. So you pull him out and let Brazan and Martinez play it out. And, and that was my take on that. No, Not a slide on Hedges, just, hey, Let's protect sure, our best sure. player, the back line. Well, let's let's shift to another video clip. I got a couple more queued up, but I, I think, you know, one of them I just enjoy listening to Lucci. I asked him about the missed penalty. Uh, we don't have to get to that one. That was in the opening match. It was just fun to. Well, you all want to listen to that because it's just fun to hear Lucci talk. I just let's let's listen to him answer about the missed penalty against Hara, which so, you know. Had that penalty been called, um, um, had that we're all pen- you talking know, differently. We'd be t- it'd be a three points. We lost the away trip, you know. So, but let's let's listen to to Coach Lucci talk about that missed penalty in the first match, the home home opener. Just a quick question: It seemed like there was a missed penalty in the game that could have been that breakthrough goal on on Hara. Um, I'm curious if, if you all were able to follow up with the refs about that. This may have been written about elsewhere or talked about, but uh, if, if there was any explanation for why it didn't get reviewed or anything like that. Yeah, you know, our technical leadership, is they're always in touch with the league after every game. They talk about uh, and they have a reflection, uh, you know, referee performance and even our own, you know, sideline behavior, and etiquette, performance and respect. So, yes, there, there obviously was that that conversation and, yeah, after seeing it, you know, in the moment, I actually, there was a player in front of me. I didn't see it clearly, and I didn't see the replay. I, and I've, I want our players to move forward quickly to, to for the next moment. But after seeing it after, uh, when the game was over, uh, I felt like that definitely should have been called. And um, it could have changed the momentum of the game. It could have opened the game uh, in our favor. But it didn't happen, and no one's a victim here. That's going to happen. Uh, rest are human beings, and, and we need a control what we can control, which is uh, getting points back in, in San Jose and focusing and channeling. Uh, if there was a disappointment or not getting that PK, well, we got to earn another one uh, in the next opportunity. We could be San Jose. Hey, so what, what, I, what I love about Lucci is that it's such a balanced, like, a, like if, if you have a, a kid you want, you know, you're taking a soccer practice, you want a coach like that who's going to teach him, you know, Pay attention to the next moment. Let it go. You know, uh, do what you need to do. Be respectful. You know, it's a far cry from a certain coach in Kansas City, for instance. <laughs> uh, a Peter Vermes, for instance, who will whine uh, his head off about calls that he feels doesn't go his way. Now, maybe... Maybe in the end you want a competitive, super competitive coach who will get your team over the edge. But I love Lucci's answers. I love that, like, hey, we're human. It happens, and you move on. You know, um, 
But I just so I just love listening to to Lucci. You know, don't you guys like listening to Lucci? It'd be a great. Hey, oh, uh, I'm, still, I'm still a fan. You bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Shay had another question before we move on to the Paxton clip. I have. Um, in fact, it's funny that I said I said hey, uh, Shay, and uh, um, my little HomePod over here went crazy because <laughs> it was. Like, hey, Siri or something. Oh, don't want to say that again. All right, last question. I'll leave you guys alone, Shay says. John Nelson is the wrong pick in a three-center-back formation. And- yeah, I was talking about that earlier, where yeah. I think he's, yes, I think he's uh, in a three-center-back formation. You can want that left wing back that can attack and, and, and be more involved going forward. And that's not his strength. His, I mean, he's getting better. But right, that's not it his could be, strength. but not right now. Yeah, right. It, it could be, and 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 you know, I mean, I guess you got to play him there, and and he's got to learn. But you're gonna have to take lumps, like in the first two games. You know, it, it's it's clear that that he flashes moments, but but no, I don't think the other teams are going. Oh my God, Nelson's, you know, he's 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 gonna break someone's ankle coming forward. I mean. He's getting better, but no, I don't. I don't think. I, I think he's a weakness in that in that formation, simply because you're taking him away from what he does best, which is play defense. And in his four back line, he can provide that balance. So if, if Hollingshead gets forward, he can sort of stay back a little bit, be that extra security sort of blanket to to snuff out a counterattack, or you know, or vice versa. But yeah, like um, it's it's clear that. He's not afraid to get forward, but it's definitely part of the game he's working on. It seems like so. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. That's that's why I hoped Hollingshead would stick at stay at left and and Munjoma would get on the right. But and maybe we'll see that even this weekend. Maybe um, yeah. I got bad news for you. <laughs> I got bad news for you. Munjoma looked pretty good on the left side, and and oh, that's a good I mean, point too. Yeah, and good enough that you got to wonder if you'll start seeing more minutes. I'm not saying he's going to replace Nelson as a starter. I'm just saying you'll see him start getting more and more minutes there and see if that leads into anything. He's a much more natural uh, tacker going forward, you know, than, than, than Nelson is. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Shay. Thanks, Shay, for all the comments tonight. Love having you on. Hey, uh, Ben, I will get your feedback here. We're going sl- slip to slip over to a Paxton Pomacall. He started the media day, and I got to ask him a couple of questions about kind of where he is and uh, get your sense of how important he is to the rest of this season. Let's let's listen to Paxton. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, Paxton, good to see you. Good to see you get back on the field on, on Saturday in the opening match. I know it's been a long road to recovery. Can you just give us a sense of, kind of where your fitness is at this point and what it felt like on Saturday to run around for a little bit and get some action in. Yeah, my fitness, I'm feeling good. Um, obviously, I had a couple uh, setbacks, scar tissue breakups in, in preseason, so I don't think I'm 100% fit, like 90 minutes fit like uh, the rest of the guys, but I'm definitely ready to come in games right now and, and make a difference, uh, whether that be half or 30 minutes and hopefully in the next two or three weeks, I can, I can build that base and, and start to be able to go 90. I'll follow up with one 
uh, more thing. Just uh, what are your goals for this season to come? Do you have any personal goals for 2021? I think um, stay healthy first and foremost. Uh, that's kind of a given, but uh, in all seriousness, that's kind of kind of what I'm focusing on and not necessarily just picking up nicks and knacks, but being available for, for games and uh, not, not sitting out too many games. So my, my goal is to be as available uh, as possible for, for Lucci and, and the guys. And uh, yeah. And when I get in, I, I know I can, I can do what I do. And once the opportunities are there, I'll, I'll take advantage of them. But first and foremost, I, my body needs to be there so I can have those opportunities. Right, you heard from Paxton there, pretty a man of a few words, keeping it simple. But uh, Ben, does does the road to turning around these two opening results does it does it lead through Paxton and his health? Uh, no, I don't think so. I I, I think when Paxton uh, gets healthy to the point where you know he's in contention to start, and um, you know. Uh, He's actually, you know, maybe sending Acosta to the bench or Ricarte to the bench, you know, then, I mean, that's that's going to be a plus above what we should expect right now, which is what we've seen. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't think I don't think uh, the team bouncing back from the first two games is contingent on Paxton instantly becoming, you know, 90 minutes fit. I think he'll he'll him getting to that point uh, sometime early in the summer. Uh, that'll be great. Um, yeah, that can only be only be helpful during the grind. Well, good stuff. Um, yeah, Dave added again. Hope there's a lot of hope there about about Paxton getting fit and healthy and being able to contribute, not having another. Uh, um, Oh, in fact, Dave had another comment. Let me go and throw it up. Uh, I think he, Dave says, I think Pax will provide the link to the attack we are missing. Hope the best for him and take it slow. Yeah, I, I think we're not in any hurry. I think it's clear. But on the other hand, too, I think with the sub rules, it's, it's not impossible that Pax starts even this Saturday and he gets a longer stretch of minutes and they sub him off around the 60-minute mark or something and see how he does. Gosh, yeah. Jose, okay. you had me okay you had me thinking, Jose, about that Ricarte and Pax in the middle with maybe a Cerrillo, you know, sitting deep. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a fun? Mm. That, that'd be fun, but, uh, I mean, if you really want to go for fun, why not, you know, Jesus, Ricarte, and Pax? I mean, hell, let's go for it. I mean, let's face it, yes, they'll, they'd be defensive liability, but... Who are you going to key on if those three guys are coming forward? You still got Vargas and Obreon and whoever starting in the middle. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't matter who's starting in the middle, you know. Uh, I'm just saying it's uh, it's something you see from, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I watch North Texas, and they're such a fun club to watch because they got so many weapons, and that's what you'd have. If you have Jesus, Ricardo, Paxton out there, Obria, you'd have so many weapons, you know, you're giving up defense for attack and, and, and yes, it maybe it might, you know, I might, hair might get wider faster, but I think this would be some really fun games. 
That's right. Dave says, why not? Why not? Hey, well, let's let's begin to close out the show by turning our attention to Saturday as FC Dallas welcomes the Portland Timbers to town. You should um, ask Lucci about that on Wednesday. Better win. Yeah. Don't lose to those bums. I, you hate to say this is a must-win game. I mean, it's, it's early in the season. It's not really a must-win game. But yet, in a lot of ways, this team game. needs to win. They need to... to to get the result at home, even if it's a gritty two to one result, it, it it's 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 uh, it, it's a big game for them to sort of shake off these last two games and get on the right track. So um, yeah, so give us a, give us your uh, your thinking on this, um, guys. Uh, what is uh, Lucci going to roll out with, and uh, what what do you predict as an end a potential end result, Ben? You first. I'm 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 not predicting a result this week because my my predictions to start out the year have been terrible, and so I'm not even gonna yeah I'm not even gonna bother with that. Um, uh, uh, you know I mean you, I would like. Ben, to you're not the one. That, you're not the one who who posted on Twitter. Oh, Hollingshead hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, no, that's true. That's true. Um, I I, I did post Vargas uh, uh, MLS newcomer of the year though and uh, mm. that's not starting out so hot mm. um, I mean it's a game they should win uh, Portland's got to play uh, America Club America midweek uh, for CCL so um, you know they're catching them at a good time so I mean like it's, it's three points are bust anything anything less than three points is, is going to be disappointing so my prediction is 1-0 FC Dallas, and the scoring is by MLS superstar scoring extraordinaire own goal. <laughs> Good old own goal. One of the great strikers of all time. Just we keep thinking right. own goal will hang up the hats, hang up the cleats, right? But nope, keeps I, on. Honestly, I think I think uh, Portland will bunker for that game and and. Dallas will be hard pressed to try to figure out how to get through, and yeah, I think uh, deflection. I'll be yeah. down for own goal one zero FC Dallas. Well, three points I'd, would would be a welcome relief. Yeah, go ahead, I'd be babe. good with that. Yeah, I, I I'd be great if it was an own goal hat trick, but hey, <laughs> we could dream. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for more. Like I said, a two to one result would be nice, even if uh, again, just uh, it's the same thing I said last season at. at you just want to see this team take steps forward, even if it's not perfect, even if they make some mistakes, but see them continuing to put things together, put implement their ideas, and and show some uh, some energy and some some direction um, kind of to give us some more hope going forward. But yeah, this is a big game, and it's time for FC Dallas to come home with three points, or, or to 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 take take the three points home as they are home. All right, whatever. Uh, quick shout out to uh, North Texas soccer match this weekend against Greenville Triumph, the best defensive team in the league against the best offensive team in the league for the last, you know, this is the third year. So the immovable object against the uh, unstoppable force, and uh, it'll be they'll be at the end of the season. They'll be two of the three teams, two top, two of the top three teams uh, at in the table. So definitely a, a game to watch. 
I'm, I, you know, I haven't been able to go back. I haven't had a chance to watch the North Texas game, but fun, it looks like it's fun. Fun game. Fun You're game. And, and North Texas are so, finding some diamonds in the rough. And, yeah. So many weapons. So many mm. weapons. You get excited. I mean, just the guys coming out on uh, off the bench, and you're like, "Wow, that guy's coming off the bench," you know. And then seeing them actually on the on the on the, on the field, and you know, they sub five guys and they don't miss a beat. They look every bit as dangerous, you know. Even when they were when they were down, at no point did you say, "Oh, they're out of, the, out of this game." You were like, "Oh, there's a goal coming." You could literally see the goals coming. Well, so, maybe fun. maybe FC Dallas stinks it up on Saturday. We'll just talk. Well, this will become like a North Texas show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it, well, yeah, it, it'd be it'll be the make uh, promote Quill to. No, I'm just kidding. Just joking. That's too early. <laughs> Dave agrees with us. Dave agrees with us. North Texas is a joy to watch, and I think that's what we want. We want to see. We want to see that from FC Dallas too. All right, let's leave it there, everybody. Good night. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the comments this evening. We'll be uploading the audio to our new little podcast on anchor.fm. And uh, be sure to subscribe if you miss it and miss the show. And we'll you can hear yeah, it's on our, Spotify. So. Yeah, and it's on Spotify. It's linked over. That's right. That's right. So it should be on Apple Podcasts eventually, too, at some point. All right, let's, uh, we'll leave it there. Ben, Jose, thanks for being on. Looking forward to some guests in the future, some other voices to mix in, and hopefully next week we'll be talking about three points at home. All right, good night, everybody. Good night.